0: You're listening to Comedy Central. How is it that we're this deep into a pandemic, but we still don't have a standardized way to get the test done in our nostrils? Can anybody tell this to me? Like, everyone has their own technique of doing the thing. You know what I mean? Like, some people do, like, the gentle, like, tickle twirl. You know what I mean? Where they just try to get you to sneeze. And then some people do the thing where they're, like, it's like a coloring pencil in your nose. And then other people do the thing where they're trying to see coronaviruses in the depths of your brain. You know what I mean? It's like therapy, but with a cotton swab. Is this what you think of your parents? Ah, yeah, you've rechanged my thinking. Like, why do they all have different methods? How long have we been in the pandemic? Why don't people know? Like, there should be one thing. Can you imagine if we went to the doctor and then when they were doing that thing with the stick on your tongue, they all had like a different technique. Like some doctors were like, no, 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 no. You bring your mouth to me. I hold it here. Yeah, this is my style. That's how I do it. Other doctors were like, ah, aeroplane coming in. Me, 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 bah, you've got cancer. <laughs> I'm just saying, can we get like one standard? My nose doesn't know what to prepare itself for. Some days it's pain, some days it's pleasure. And yes, it's been very pleasurable on some occasions. Sometimes they twill that, that, that Q-tip in the right way, man. Ooh, you feel it in your toes. You're like, damn. I might not be positive for COVID, but I'm feeling something else. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> I'll see you guys at the test tomorrow. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America.
1: It's the Daily Show. Here's tonight. Barbados says no, Queen. COVID conspiracy craze continues. And Natalie and
0: Derricka Wilson. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. And joining me for today's headlines is my good friend, Michael Costa. What's going on, Michael? How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. You know, tonight's the third night of Hanukkah. Not a lot of people knew that. You yeah. know, everyone's still going to work. I always feel like, first of all, I want to say what's up to my Jewish people. You know, great holiday. But I feel like what changes because of Hanukkah? Everyone has to still go to work. You still got to take care of your kids. You know, I feel like Hanukkah needs more respect, which is why from now on, for the rest of Hanukkah, I'm not coming into work. And I think all of us just don't go to work for the rest of Hanukkah and for all Hanukkahs in the future. Solidarity with my Jewish folk. So, hmm. I'm an ally to the Jewish people. I also am not going to go to work for the rest of Hanukkah. So, Sounds a lot like your Diwali argument, but yeah, good for you, Michael. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want Hanukkah to get the second, I don't
0: want Hanukkah to get the shaft. I, I mean, this, this, I, I hear you. It's just a little suspicious that you, <laughs> you always seem to be, you know, finding new people to be allies to when it comes to not coming to work. I, I'm, I'm just saying, but good for you. Thank you. Good for you. Lahaim. All right, let's jump into today's headlines. We kick things off with the new coronavirus variant that is scaring the world. Omnicron. Omarion? Marekon. emmanuel Macron. Either way, you people know what I'm talking about. The world is still waiting to find out whether Omicron, that's what it is, will be a significant problem in our lives. And I wish they would hurry up because I need to know what I'm doing in two weeks from now, you know? Should I be buying my Spider-Man tickets? or learning how to hunt and cook wild animals? Or should I split the difference and buy Spider-Man tickets for the wild animals? But while most of the world is willing to wait and see, at least one person feels comfortable about making predictions.
3: The Moderna CEO told the Financial Times he expects the existing vaccines to be less effective against the new variant
0: of COVID. I think it's going to be a material drop. This was on vaccine efficacy. I just don't know how much because we still need to wait for the data, but all the scientists I've spoken to are saying this is not going to be good. Hmm. So on the one hand, almost all the Omicron cases have been mild so far, but on the other hand, the guy who stands to gain millions of dollars from new vaccines says we need new vaccines, huh? If we don't make a new vaccine, this disease could be with us Ferrari. I mean, forever. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Now, look, I'm not saying that the CEO of Moderna is lying. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, I don't think he's the most objective source on this topic. You know, I'll wait to hear what neutral experts say about a new vaccine. People like public health officials or the CEO of Johnson & Johnson. I mean, he's got nothing to gain because nobody's going to buy his vaccines either way. So I trust him. And also, if we do need a new vaccine for this new variant, it's not a big deal, all right, people? I see people online being like, uh, ah, ah, we got to get a new shot every year. There's no, yeah, yeah, you know what? Maybe to not die, you might need to take 15 minutes out of your year. What? Is your life so busy that you don't have time for that? I guarantee you, at some point in the next year, you will walk by a CVS. Unless you live in the desert. Then it's gonna be like a five-minute walk to a CVS. This
2: is classic capitalism, foundation of capitalism, to sell you something you already have, right? I mean, I just bought the Taylor Swift album, the new one. Yeah. It has the same 10 songs from an album she put out 10 years ago. That's the beauty of capitalism, keep buying. No, she was trying to, it's a, it's a... I bought it. You know who else I feel really bad for with this whole thing? Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls because he's got to get another booster, <laughs> you know? He's gonna be swinging around a, a little Mazda in his pants.
0: Oh. Yeah. You know that wasn't, a- anyway. All right, let's, let's talk about colonialism. <laughs> it's basically gentrification, but for entire continents. It's been a really long time since the British ruled the world, but the remnants of their empire, well, they still linger here and there, like Elaine Maxwell at a cheerleading competition. But yesterday, yet another former British colony announced that they were cutting ties.
3: The island of Barbados is officially a republic. In a ceremony last night, the queen's standard lowered for good, Queen Elizabeth removed as head of state, and Barbados sworn in its first president. The Caribbean island cutting 400 years of British ties, many British fortunes made from sugar and slavery, Prince Charles on hand to reflect on the island's journey as well. And a different sort of queen honor. there. Pop star Rihanna was named a national hero.
0: Well, damn. Rihanna put up one photo of her butt and immediately Barbados was like, all right, we're done with the queen. Rihanna is our leader now. Meanwhile, the queen was like, Rihanna, is she the one who married Harry? I mean, you know what this means, right? If the queen wants her colony back, she's got to fight fire with fire. This doing anything for you, Barbados? You got any regrets now? Look a dead ass. And you know, you gotta feel bad for the British empire. I mean, unless your country was pillaged by them and they stole all your jewels and resources. Because think about it, last year, they lost one black person, and now they've lost an entire island of black people? <sighs> this inflation is real, man. Like, what the hell, Brandon? Do I, did I do it right? Is that how it works? But you know, the story does remind you, it actually does remind you how crazy and massive colonialism was. Like we think of colonialism as this old thing from textbooks, but you realize that in 2021, there are still like a dozen countries that have the queen's picture on their money. And not like the dope picture. You understand how wild that is? Like imagine, imagine if your ex had so much power over you that 300 years after you broke up, you still had to have their face on your phone's lock screen. Ah, yes. Ah, Kelly
2: how I don't miss her. I also think it makes sense that the Crown is leaving Barbados because for so long their whole economy was sugar and slavery, two things that now we know are, are bad. I'm sorry, did you say now we know are bad? You know, recently, until recently.
0: Yeah, at least now we know, Michael. <laughs> at least now we know. All right, let's move on from sugar the most fun- Sugar get f- you, Trevor. Sugar? Yes, you're right. Sugar and slavery and sugar. Sugar will get you. All right, let's move on from the most fun place in the world to the least, North Korea. As a dictatorship, North Korea has a lot of arbitrary rules that citizens have to follow. And I mean have to follow. For instance, they're not allowed to listen to foreign music. They're not allowed to smile publicly on the anniversary of Kim Il-sung's death. And they are not allowed to make any international phone calls, which that last one I, I kind of agree with. I mean, I don't want people from North Korea phoning me and depressing me with their problems. Like I got my own shit to deal with. I've got all this food left over from Thanksgiving. I don't, I don't even know where to put it. I'm just saying, like, we've all got problems, you know? But just when you thought North Korea couldn't get any more oppressive, they announced a new law this week that's even telling people how to dress.
3: North Korea banning leather coats, all in an effort to get citizens to stop imitating Kim Jong-un's style. The country's dictator has been spotted on numerous occasions in a cowhide coat. According to Radio Free Asia, the jackets took off in North Korea after Kim wore one back in 2019. Since then, imitation coats have cropped up across the country. Radio Free Asia reporting there are literal fashion police roaming North Korea looking for anyone sporting a leather jacket. According to an anonymous source, law enforcement in the country is going after companies making imitation coats, as well as anyone they spot wearing one in public.
0: Do they say there's literal fashion police? Because now all I'm thinking of is like North Korea's version of Queer Eye. It's like Kim Eye for the Korean guy. Them just walking down the street like, "Mm mm-mm, honey, you cannot look that good. This is such a strange story because I always thought that dictators wanted everyone to copy them. You know, think like me, act like me, look like me, dress like me. But then Kim Jong-un, he looked at himself wearing this jacket, and he was like, nobody else is allowed to look this fly. And I mean, you got to admit, he does look pretty good in that jacket. You know, he looks like Neo in The Matrix. If Neo drank all of that goo in the bathtub. Shit, man. Do I have to...
2: (laughs) Do I have to return this jacket now? This was a Hanukkah gift to myself. I... The thing is, he's right. You do look fly in these things, man. Look at me. Yeah, no, you, you, look, you look something. You know? Look, it's like you said, Trevor. A dictator wants people to copy him. He should be worried about the trends that he's trying to set that no one is copying him on, you know? Like, I don't see a lot of North Koreans with his haircut, right? Because no one will say it to his face. Kim Jong, your hair is whack, son. <laughs> OK? Your hair is whack. Your people won't tell you that. Anyways, but this is fly, right? Wilson's leather, Trevor?
0: Uh, you, you know, Costa, what I love about you is yeah. not only the fact that you are so comfortable in that jacket, but the fact that you believe that Kim Jong-un might be watching the show. <laughs> I think I, he is. I mean... Trevor, you're a global star, dude. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for that, Costa. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll tell you what the government is isn't telling you about COVID. You don't want to miss it. It's the truth, the real truth. Oh, welcome back to The Daily Show. (laughs) I didn't think you'd come back. Ever since the pandemic began, COVID conspiracies have been spreading almost as fast as COVID itself. COVID is caused by 5G. The vaccine has a secret microchip in it. Dr. Fauci's first name isn't actually doctor. Some really crazy things out there. And now that a new variant has emerged, we're also getting new strains of really stupid conspiracies. So let's hear what people think is really going on in another installment of The Pandemic. As of now, it looks like it's gonna still be a couple of weeks before we know more about the Omicron strain. Things like, does it spread faster? Does it make you sicker? And is it available as an NFT? but over in MAGA world, oh, they, they seem to already have figured it all out.
2: The emergence of the new COVID variant is sparking a fresh round of conspiracy theories. Former White House doctor turned MAGA Congressman Ronnie Jackson tweeted, quote, here comes the MEV, the midterm election variant. They need a reason to push unsolicited nationwide mail-in ballots. Democrats will do anything to cheat during election, but we're not going to let them. It defies logic, and listen here, um, unfortunately, it's not just Ronnie Jackson. If it was just Congressman Jackson or Dr. Jackson, we could call him out, but he's getting help on uh, you-know-where. It's yeah. always a new variant. And you can always you'll count on a variant about every October, every <laughs> two years. Oh, I think okay. it's gonna, yep.
0: You yeah, know, you're I, probably right. I mean, it, I, however, they, they could speed up. Uh, the variants <laughs> could come more quickly. <laughs> and the we're boosters, gonna need a new uh, variant here. Yes. <laughs> My Fair. gosh. Okay, okay, just so, I, just so I've got the straights, According to this conspiracy, the Democrats' big plan is to intentionally never solve the one problem that is ruining everyone's life? That is such a dumbass strategy to win an election. Which makes me think maybe the Democrats actually did come up with it. Aha! I mean, you realize for this to be true, the Democrats would have had to coordinate on this lie with the World Health Organization and South African scientists and governments across Europe. You serious people? You know the Democrats can't coordinate shit. Only thing Democrats can coordinate is their kente cloths. And it's bad enough to hear this from a congressman. But what's crazy is that before he was in Congress, people forget Ronnie Jackson was the president's doctor. The president's doctor. And not just Trump's doctor, by the way. Obama's doctor, too. Yeah, that guy. This just shows you how bad America's healthcare system. Even the president was like, uh, you're telling me that, uh, He's the only doctor in my network. I mean, seriously, it's amazing that Obama and Trump actually survived. One of them sneezes and Ronnie Jackson is like, you've got to realign your electrons quick, swallow as many magnets as possible. And by the way, of all the shows, how does Fox and Friends not understand what new variants are? Every four months, Fox and Friends has two totally different dudes and one new woman saying the same bullshit from the same couch. I mean, if that isn't a new variant, I don't know what is. Hey, but whatever, man, I guess the Democrats in coordination with scientists in South Africa, Europe, Israel, all over, are simply pretending there's a new corona variant out there. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and they're not only doing it to justify mail-in voting, no, no, no. It's also because they're really horny for lockdowns. Judge, if they keep testing for different strains of coronavirus, we're going to be locked down for the rest of our existence. Mm. I am, uh, you know, I had cancer. My oncologist is a specialist in bone cancer. And he, you know, every oncologist who deals with bone cancer identifies hundreds of coronaviruses inside of our bones. They've created a problem that can never actually be solved so they can justify whatever it is they want to do. I'm sorry, what? Your bones are riddled with coronavirus? Quick lady, you need to swallow these magnets. Now, what I think Laura Logan was saying there is that we'll never stop finding new coronavirus variants when they test us because our bones are full of them. And, and look, this sounded uh, wrong to me, but I'm not a bone doctor. I mean, I am, but. So we called a top oncologist just to make sure that we were right. And We were like, hey, weird question, but if you crack open a bone, do hundreds of coronaviruses fly out? And she was like, no. And also, why is everyone asking me this question today? So no, people, bones are not filled with coronaviruses, all right? They're filled with milk. Can we call her back and ask what bones are filled with? But according to Fox, now Democrats are gonna force everyone into endless lockdowns. That's the plan. And the worst part, is if Trump was still in office, this variant, which doesn't even exist, would already be defeated. COVID is becoming endemic. It is gonna continue to mutate. It's gonna continue to evolve. It's all around planet Earth. If President Trump was still in office, by the way, we'd already have modified vaccines to deal with the new variants, which is a great point. Okay, first of all, Stephen Miller, if President Trump was still in office, if? Someone's not a true believer. JFK Jr. will be so disappointed when he hears about this one. I mean, the idea that Donald Trump would have quickly handled a COVID variant is by far the least believable shit I have ever heard. You gonna act like we all don't know this man? There's no way he would have handled it. First of all, he would have spent four months denying there was even a new variant. And then he would have wasted six more months saying that the vaccines were on their way, but then also don't worry about it because it's not gonna hurt anybody, but also the vaccines are coming. And then he would have gotten Omicron himself. And then he would have been like, Omicron is real, folks, totally real. And I beat it. I karate chapped it so hard, I destroyed it. And now it cried, cried to me. It said, Trump, why you did this to me, you beat me so hard. And I beat it, so now it's over. Congratulations to all, even the haters and the losers. I mean, you can't have a vaccine for a new variant a few days after you discover the variant, people, it's impossible. The only way you could do that is if you had a time machine. And we all know if Trump had a time machine, he wouldn't use it for that. He'd go back in time to hang baby Mike Pence. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. He'd probably use it to warn himself not to have that affair with Stormy Daniels. But then he'd get too horny and end up having a threesome with himself and Stormy Daniels. This is so great. There are fine people on both sides. Very fine people. (laughs) Now look, anyone whose brain hasn't been rotted from Fox and Facebook knows that everything these people are saying is bullshit. Omicron is a real variant with real mutations and real spikes on its real proteins. And shit, that's how it works. Democrats, I'm just trying to keep the pandemic going to stay in power. And the best way you can tell that is that a year ago, MAGA world was pushing the exact opposite conspiracy. If it ends up that Biden wins in November, I guarantee you the week after the election, suddenly all those democratic governors, all those democratic mayors will say, everything's magically better. Go back to work, go back to school. Suddenly the problems are solved. They'll milk it every single day between now and November 3rd. And guess what, after November 3rd, coronavirus will magically all of a sudden go away and disappear, and everybody will be able to reopen. That's all I hear, turn on television, right? COVID, 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 COVID. By the way, on November 4th, you won't hear about it anymore. COVID! 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 (laughs) This dude was president, and he's gonna be president again. (laughs) Uh now to be fair, to be fair, for a while after the election, we did hear less about COVID, mostly because the news was about Donald Trump trying to overthrow the country. But this really shows you how drastically MAGA people have changed their conspiracies about COVID over time. I mean, you might even say they had to mutate their propaganda so that it could keep spreading in a new environment. I wonder if there's a medical parallel to the way these talking points are adapting over time. No, all right, when we come back, I'll be talking to two activists who are making sure that all missing people have a chance to be found. So don't go away. COVID, COVID, get me a COVID. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guests tonight are the founders of the Black and Missing Foundation, Natalie and Derricka Wilson. They're here to talk about their fights to raise awareness for Black missing persons cases that are often marginalized by law enforcement and media. And they're here to talk about their new HBO docuseries about this work. Natalie and Derricka, welcome
1: to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us.
0: A lot of people go missing in America every single day. Um, A lot of people know that this happens and it's an unfortunate story, a lot of women predominantly go missing in America every single day. But what this documentary talks about is an issue that I feel started to get a lot of attention around the Gabby Petito case, and that was why do black women, why do women of color not get the same coverage when they go missing? And this is what this documentary talks about. This is what your your foundation talks about. So Let's start with that before we get into the documentary, if you don't mind. The Black and Missing Foundation. Mm-hmm. What is the work that you do?
3: We are a nonprofit organization. And for the past 13 years, we have been sounding the alarm that people of color are disappearing at an alarming rate. And Derek and I have joined professions. I'm in public relations, she's in law enforcement to bring awareness to these cases because these cases are being swept under the rug. Our community isn't aware of it because we're not getting the media coverage that's needed to help find these missing individuals.
0: I mean, it seems impossible. You know, when, when I was watching the documentary, I couldn't believe it when parents were saying, no, police have turned us away. Police have said, your child isn't missing. The person in your life isn't missing. They've run away. Derrica, you were, you were in law enforcement. You, you were once a police officer. As somebody who works From the inside, what do you think is going wrong?
1: You know, there is a lack of training when it comes to missing person cases. Quite frankly, they're not taken seriously when our community are reported missing. They are labeled as runaways. Runaways are not receiving the Amber Alert. There's no sense of urgency. And if you really looked at a flyer today, missing, runaway, the message is not created equal. You know, there really isn't a sense of urgency to share this uh, information for runaways. And so we want to get rid of that classification. We also need to look at the reporting Structure. We all know that the first 24 hours are mm. the most critical moments when someone goes missing. And, you know, across the country, a lot of jurisdictions require you to wait 24 hours before you can even file a missing persons report. So there's a lot that needs to change, especially when it comes to missing persons, because there's not enough resources dedicated to that particular unit. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the resources. I mean, th- there are people who will say, look, obviously we want everyone found. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: we don't want anybody to be missing, but at the same time, so many people aren't missing and, and so many people have run away. And you know, how do we make sure that police departments aren't wasting resources
3: on people who aren't actually missing? How do you find that balance? Well, we need to take these cases seriously. What are they running away from? If they leave voluntarily, what are they running away from? And ultimately, Mm. what are they running away to? We know that children who are on the street within 24 to 48 hours, they're propositioned for sex and they have to survive. So they're in the sex trade business, which is a multi billion dollar business industry. It could be any one of us that could go missing, could be snatched or just disappear. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. would want someone to take our case seriously. It, It appears
0: even when, even when, you know, the police may not take it seriously, the media takes it seriously. You know, you'd always watch these stories of missing people, you know, a missing girl here, a missing boy there. You'd always see these stories that would get media attention. However, time and time again, many people in America, many people in African American community, many people in native communities have said, guys, we don't seem to get that attention. The media doesn't cover us for days. We don't become front page news in that way. As two people who are working on not just the issue, but the PR side of the issue, Mm -hmm. what do do you think that is? Why why do we not see black girls who are missing being covered for weeks on end on, on major news networks?
3: Well, from a PR perspective, again, it's changing that narrative and ensuring that our missing our household names too, and that's the piece that's missing. Um, we're not saying that other people are not valuable, mm-hmm. but can you name any black or missing brown, black or brown missing person um, You know that has disappeared? Mm. So we can name the Natalie Holloway's, the Chandra Levy, but can you name the Akia Eggleston? Mm. Can you name any person of color? So we have to take these cases seriously and we need more diversity in the newsroom. We need people to tell the stories that look like us.
0: So, you know, obviously, you know, media companies and and, and these executives, they've they've been asked these questions and they say, no, look, race has nothing to do with it. We're merely telling the stories that our viewers want to pay attention to because at the end of the day, we are trying to make people watch our show. Mm When they, when they say that, it seems like they're shifting the blame to the audience and saying society doesn't have an interest in finding black and brown girls. Society doesn't have an interest in these stories. Do you think that that argument holds any weight?
1: Well, I think again, that the, the decision makers are deciding what society wants to see. Mm. Um, they're not asking us or anyone out there. These families, as you can see in the documentary, they are desperate. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. they. uh, missing persons isn't a black issue. It's not a white issue. It's an American issue. And even in the documentary, you see these families. We're out there with them distributing flyers. You know, The Natalie Holloway, the Lacey Petersons, the Chandra Levy's, the Gabby Petito, they have people coming in droves, flying all over the country to help search. And we can't even get law enforcement to take the cases seriously. We can't get the media to shine a spotlight on these missing individuals. So if not us who
0: what i appreciated in this documentary as well is you see the effects of not treating the you know the cause but going after the symptoms in that oftentimes people will talk about fighting sex trafficking you know fighting these rings that are taking young girls from everywhere as you say black and white Mm -hmm. and then putting them into prostitution forcefully or whatever it may be and yet if they started looking early enough they may find them before that becomes the case
1: Absolutely. I mean, that is our message to be proactive and we are hoping that the docuseries is a call to action. We know what the issues are, so how do we move forward to address it? So this does not continue to be a a pandemic, because it is a pandemic impacting Mm -hmm. our community, but how can we move forward to make it better for everyone else to, you know, generations to come?
0: And what are the steps to move forward? When you look at concrete things that we can do in society, whether it's the police, whether it's the media, et cetera, what are some of those things that we can do to try and alleviate this problem?
3: Well, one, the media can start covering our cases, and we say less is more, less of one individual or one particular race. less equal the playing field and cover more stories. Don't mm-hmm. wait until it trends. Help it to be a trend. And law enforcement, we want to challenge them to look at the way they classify these cases, which really impacts the resources that they add to the case. Mm-hmm. And we want our community to get involved. We are fire starters, and we need them to work alongside us to help find and bring our missing home. So there's so much work that we, we all have to do. And visit our website at bamfi.org. See who's missing, like these cases, help them go viral mm-hmm. and share it within your network.
1: We're calling for our community to be that digital milk carton share this, you know, let's face our own biases mm. and share these profiles because someone knows something out there and we need that someone to come forward to help us end this nightmare for these families. I
0: love that. Let's create those digital milk cartons. Well, yeah. Natalie, Derrick, thank you so much for joining me on the show and congratulations on telling a story that I think many people definitely need to hear.
1: Thank you, thank you. so much for the opportunity.
0: Black and Missing is available on HBO and HBO Max. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, today is Giving Tuesday, so please consider supporting Choose Love. They work to provide refugees and displaced people with everything from life-saving search and rescue boats to food and legal advice. At the link below, you can go to the Choose Love store, and you can buy essential emergency items and services for the refugees who need them. Diapers, hot meals, medical services, and so much more. If you'd like to support Choose Love, then all you have to do is check out the link. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you're going to North Korea, do not pack your leather jacket. And also, don't go to North Korea.